Hey there, my name is Mark McCartney and welcome to the What Is A Good Life podcast. Over the last two years, I've interviewed over 150 people around this question, not to provide you with the universal answer, but to help you find and define your own answer to this question. On the 29th episode of the What Is A Good Life podcast, I'm excited to have Courtney McDermott joining me as a guest. Courtney is a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, and strategist for Fortune 500 executives and creative entrepreneurs. In this episode, Courtney takes us on a profound exploration of true freedom and the liberating act of being yourself. She shares her personal journey, which was spurred by a sense of emptiness despite her successes as an executive that led her to discover what truly needed to be explored and expressed in her life. Throughout this episode, Courtney reveals her personal processes that guided her back into her body and her feelings, shifting her focus from external seeking to realizing that everything she needed was within her grasp. We also delve into the immense energy that arises from aligning with one's essence and the importance of expanding our sense of trust in life. While Courtney emphasizes the significance of neither rejecting one's ego nor emotions or blindly following ready-made prescriptions for life. If you find yourself grappling with a sense of emptiness despite your achievements, and are yearning for more in life, this episode offers a wealth of contemplation. It will open up new doors of perspective and fresh curiosity for what may come next. Courtney is someone who I find who is really earnestly exploring some of the deeper questions in life. And if you enjoy this conversation, the digital version of Courtney's latest best-selling book, Give Yourself Permission, is discounted for the next week with the link that I provide below. And finally, if you're enjoying this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're on the podcasting platforms, please leave a review as I'd greatly appreciate your support at this stage of my podcasting journey. So without further ado, the 29th episode of the What Is A Good Life podcast. Courtney, thank you very, very much for joining me on the What Is A Good Life podcast today. As I've just kind of mentioned in our pre-chat there, uh, I've started reading your book. Uh, I've been researching you a little bit before this. I'm very intrigued as to some of the, the views you hold, the experiences you've had. Uh, so I'm very grateful for you to, to join us here today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I love the conversations you've been having. So thanks for having me. Cheers. Courtney, to kick things off, I'm going to start with the question of, is there a question you're trying to answer as you move through life? Gosh, there are so many questions I'm trying to answer as I go through life. I think if I consider what the sort of biggest question for me personally is, it's around freedom. It's around how to be free, how to fully embody whatever I came to express through this form or whatever the formless came to express through this form. So for me, yeah, sometimes I think freedom is a value or it's... I guess I don't want to say it's a concept, but it's more just how do we, how do we, how do I, how do we get out of the conditioning, out of the narrative of whatever we're told or we come to believe for whatever reason that this life is supposed to be about. So for me, it's it's freeing myself, but freeing myself to be the fullest expression that I can be or that I can, dem- I don't want to say demonstrate, but that I can experience. Let's put it that way. That's it. <laughs> and and can you describe kind of what that exploration of even the sense of freedom or what you're kind of alluding to here with the, the use of the word freedom? Well, what I noticed for me personally is that I got to a point in my life where everything felt kind of scripted. You know, I was living the life that everyone thinks, or, or at least I think a lot of people might think that they want to live, you know, with the accolades and the awards and and the family and the and the job title and jet setting all around and the money and all the things but i just was miserable i used to say that i was i was su- miserably successful uh, and it was kind of like what i didn't really get at, at that point, it was like all these things that I had been told that once I had this thing or once I accomplished this thing, I would be happy. But I got to this point where every single corner that I turned in pursuit of that so-called happiness felt really empty. Ultimately, there was a momentary rush or a momentary excitement about having reached something and then it just vanished. And so I I felt, and not only that, I think it went so much deeper. Like there was so much in me that I or so much conditioning in me, or I don't know if I can call it programming, but it was like this need to prove something, this need to get somewhere, like where I was, was never where, where it was. And so it really kind of deepened what I think was actually a lifelong pursuit in search of freedom or truth. 
but I didn't know that I was searching for that at that time. That became more apparent as I as I did deep in that search. But it was definitely this sort of never there feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And when you talk about this sense of uh, letting go of the conditioning or becoming aware of the, the conditioning or programming, how have you gone about that investigation or even just that that curiosity around maybe perhaps realize either firstly even realizing that that's the case and then perhaps uh, contemplating not being as a as attached or as focused on that yeah i think i began to realize that it, that this was an issue or that this was just kept coming up for me because I, again i want to well not again but i i would like to clarify that what I do, what I'm talking about here is not feeling all the time like everything's great and you're happy and blissful and all the things are, are exciting in your life, but rather that you're living. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this was totally unexpected, but it's we'll, we'll roll with it. And there's like people going through, I think they didn't get the memo that I was in a in right. interview. It's really funny <laughs> that I, I didn't, I didn't feel that I was really the dogs passing by. This is hilarious. Okay. Anyway, I, I didn't realize everything that the, they were like these cold shower moments, like multiple cold shower moments where I realized that something was really off, not in the sense that I was un, unhappy necessarily, but that it wasn't almost like I didn't decide. I wasn't conscious about what was happening. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. I was just so unconscious. I was just ticking off boxes. I was collecting stars. It was like, that was what my life felt like. And so again, I, I think there's a lot of beauty actually in desperation or sadness or any of that. So I'm not talking about being happy-go-lucky all the time. I think that it's like allowing that full experience, but also realizing that or deciding what you want your experience to be. And up until that point, I think society had been deciding that for me. Maybe my family had been deciding that for me. Maybe other social pressures that I was aware and less aware of were deciding that for me. So it was just very difficult to to first, like you said, become aware of it. I think awareness is a huge piece. So once people start to realize that they're kind of miserable, but in the sense that I'm talking about it because they're not you know, fully enjoying the, the spectrum of this experience that we call being human. So awareness was a big piece. So it was just like I said, multiple cold shower moments that kind of woke me up to the fact that I didn't, it wasn't my script, or, you know, I didn't even know where a lot of it was originating from. And then after that, from moving from awareness to into a, a, a real deep awareness of like what my what my expression was here for, what I was yearning for, what was really true for me, that was kind of years in the making and multiple experiments. And I write about those in especially my first book. My first book is all like my experimentation process of getting kind of out of that scripted life and into a really wild and kind of free life. And then the second book goes uh, a lot deeper and also covers a lot of the science behind that change. But yeah, it was a process. <laughs> this idea of, could you even just give us a hint or a sense of even just some of the experiments that you were, you were running in, in this? I, I, this, is, uh, this resonates a lot with my own process. So I'd love to hear what some of your experiments were. For sure. Um, one of my favorite experiments that I still use all the time is just really getting into the body you know, really understanding what's happening in your body. Because at that point in my life that I was talking about of really feeling super disconnected or not, not really living on my own terms, not even knowing what my terms were, was really kind of way up here. And I mean that, I mean that also metaphorically, because it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, somewhere in my prefrontal cortex or something, it was, it was a narrative or an, a series of ideas that I was sort of playing out and acting upon and also pressures I, I perceived in real pressures around performance. I think there was a lot in there around that. And so I had to really get in tune with what was happening in my body. And that was incredibly hard for me. And I think it's really hard for, I see so many women, especially, but I think, I mean, definitely I, I see this in men as well, but 
a lot of women who have maybe gone further in their careers and gotten to a point where they're not listening to themselves. So one of the experiments that I'm constantly engaged in even now is like, what's happening in your body? Because we talk about emotions, right? And we say, oh, I'm sad, or I feel guilty, or I'm fearful. But those are not, those are concepts, you know, those are concepts. Whereas in your body, you'll actually feel something happening. You'll feel a tightness, you'll feel a constriction, you'll feel a kind of gnarliness sometimes, you'll, you'll feel it. And we can go into the science around this if you want or not. But I think without even going in there into the, into the science, it's just connecting with it really allows it to move and also to have an expression. And, and that expression is so beautiful. And this is what people are running away from. A lot of the time they're running away from their fullest expression. They're so afraid of just how mm, really magnificent I think they are. So, so if we can connect with that and we can do it in this way where we're just really with it, um, it just has such beauty. Like lots of times people talk about connecting with that sensation in order to transmute it or to move it out and to go into some other states. But I'm kind of like, at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't even want to transmute. I just want to feel it fully. You know, I want to feel whatever this thing that I'm calling desperation, I want to feel what it is, right? And I want to experience that because that's why I came here, right? And it's also going to create so much more richness in my work and in, in the way I share and the way I live and the way I talk to people in a, in a real way. This is one of the things I was saying to you before we hopped on, like your podcast feels so real. You know, it does, it feels like it comes from this just real real place. And, and that's not as common as we'd like, but I think that's what we're all searching for. So that's one kind of experiment. I can go oh, into this, more if you want. Yeah. Just, uh, just to, <laughs> to, to play around with this one for a little bit though, this is, uh, this is really beautifully put because I think so much of the narrative sometimes around, you know, air quotes, negative emotions is how do we transform them? How do we transmute them? And that's when they're almost worthwhile. And it, it's almost like silver lining every cloud. Whereas what if we just perceive the cloud? Like, whoa, what the hell is this? And this idea, because I, I know you're talking about from the, the experience you, you have with uh, discussing this maybe with women that are maybe per perhaps quite successful in their careers and maybe what they're, they're not uh, engaging with. But from a, a, a male point of view as well, from, I think, up until my early 30s, I had no idea what I was feeling or what my emotions were. Right. And it was this constant of avoidance of something or a numbing of something. Yeah. And there's like, there's almost this fear we have of just experiencing what is. And, and I've said this on, on in different conversations, but I really do think that we have no concept of the joys that we can experience if we're not experiencing some of the sadness or the the pain. So I, I really love this line of inquiry. Yeah. Well, and it's when you realize how beautiful the sadness or the pain or the anger actually is as well. So when you were talking about these dark clouds, I don't know if you've ever just sat in, I'm, you probably have, just watch a storm come in and the magnificence of it. I mean, you watch it in utter awe. It's the most marvelous thing. But yet we say bad weather. We say, you know, we say things that just, or we, we're just kind of blinded lots of times because exactly to your point, we're told that it's all supposed to look one way or this particular way. But precisely as you said, what if what if it could look every way? What if we could fully integrate all of it? And just what what would that look like? And I I've been in a major experimentation process with that over the last few years, especially. <laughs> when when you've been saying then this idea of like a full expression of yourself, I'm I'm assuming this part, this experiment or this process of yours of really like going inside and, and really feeling what's there. To me, that almost sounds like this would be like a really, I'm not trying to make everything sound so linear, but this would be like, this almost sounds like fuel for that full expression then. Yes, yes. It's so much fuel for your creativity and just your life and the way you engage with other people. 
And at the same time, I think it's important for people listening like, oh, well, I can't do that, right? I'm in an environment where say you, you have a nine to five job and you're, you know, you're in an office all day and you feel like you can't just express how you're feeling because the environment isn't conducive to that. And I know many times I've been in situations like that where I've been in an environment where I felt like I just can't do what I want to do. But then I started experimenting with doing little bits of it, like moving in ways that people don't normally move. You know, I'll be in the airport and my daughter's always like, mom, please, please do not like, I, you know, but I'll be stretching. Like, I don't care because I care so much more about being free than I care about how other people are going to react to it. But the funny thing is the kind of paradoxical thing is when you give yourself permission, which is the title of my second book, other people start to kind of feel that they have a little more permission and they start to kind of break out of some of those molds. So for example, when I am stretching in the airport, I'll notice a lot of other people will start to stretch or they'll start to move a little differently just because you're there saying, I know this isn't the right, the way that you're supposed to do it, but I'm going to do it this way. And I'm just, I'm just going to choose to be free at the same time we have to be very mindful as well uh, how we relate with others and being, I think, I, I, I do believe that being kind is very important. So if you're in a moment where you really need to express rage, you need to have, or, or sadness or whatever it is, you need to have a kind of a safe container for that. You can provide it for yourself as well. You know, I often tell people like, give yourself a timeout, go to the bathroom, just say you have to go to the bathroom, you do have to go to the bathroom, because you need to go somewhere where you can sort of reset your autonomic nervous system, just to be able to also just get to the point where you can fully feel it. But I believe that giving ourselves more of that permission, especially with our loved ones, or people who support us in ways that are, that are just constructive, and that, that fuel that growth, I think that's one of our opportunities, as we as we step into, I don't, I'm so hesitant to use words like greater consciousness or stuff like that, but whatever, as we step into a, more awareness, as we become more aware of our potential and we are with people who are more aware of their potentials. I, I love this sense of uh, just stretching in the airport and, you know, and, and I can fully imagine uh you know, your, your daughter is almost like em embarrassment of it. Yeah. But I think even just simple moments like that start to give us some indication just of how constrained we are. And because the simple act of stretching in the airport could be seen as a little abnormal or radical, like in, in, in the grand scheme of this crazy universe that we live within, um, you know, just simple things like that. I always find it so interesting, the ways in which we're kind of being funneled into a, a certain type of behavior. But when you said earlier this, even just with the movement as an expression um, and moving the way you want to move, also when you said this, uh, this sense of, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And in, instead of even just putting the label of sadness or and you didn't say anxiety, but all these different words we could use for these things, I think it's really interesting just to feel the feeling because if we do just feel the feeling, it's not like when we just sense it that the feeling is screaming the word sadness. It's just, it's existing as it is. And when you said to give these things expressions, uh, it almost reminds me of sometimes uh, my wife's very used to my lines of investigation. So sometimes I'll almost like make an animal screech. Nice. Love it. To, to describe, not to describe anything, but just almost to give sound or something to, to the feeling that I'm experiencing. So I, I really love this sense of uh, just, just play with these things. Just find your expression for these things because there's a, there's a lot of freedom within them. Right, right. And I'm glad you brought that back in because talking about men specifically, which I have less experience working directly with men in this particular line of work, I've worked a lot in corporate and strategy, and then I have worked in personal development, but it hasn't really been as much where I am now in terms of my own understanding, my own teachings and experiences. But what you said is so important because I think men are stifled even more because the idea that you have to it you have to stay 
just super stoic or, you know, whatever that is. And it must be, it must be just awful if you don't have someone near you who says like screech, make the screeching noise, you know, like tell me what's going on. Right. And I think as women, we are able to provide so much of that safe space, but we haven't actually had it amongst ourselves as much. And this is one of the things that I love so much about my, you know, my people is like, I'm, I have so many super close women who just, there's none of the, there's, there's just such support and such just camaraderie, or I don't just like super sister, however you want to call it. But it's, I, I feel like men don't have that as much typically, but I think that really needs to change. I think it is starting to change. I see lots of instances, especially in more aware couples or just groups of friends where men are giving themselves more permission to, and I just think it's awesome. So yeah, uh, definitely, definitely seeing shifts in that. And even, even I guess like I, well, I grew up in Ireland, um, and just seeing the emotional range we had growing up at times in terms of admitting uh, vulnerabilities or things, I, I do think there is quite a quite a significant shift uh, occurring as well. Yeah. You know, I, I get a sense that this conversation could go in many different directions with you <laughs> and many different tangents. Just in terms of your process then of even just, you know, you mentioned even with your first book, it was it was kind of even cataloging or or recounting some of your experiments you've talked about this initial idea of experimenting of just seeing what am i embodying right now being curious about that being aware of um initially even before that okay maybe i'm being conditioned to think a certain way and that can be coming from multiple multiple places like life could be more about even just collecting uh, gold stars as opposed to it coming or being an expression of yourself then just the just because you've used the expression a couple of times, giving yourself permission, um, how how has this evolved for you then? Just even even from these initial experiments to to what you're exploring at this point in time, and even alluding to what giving yourself permission looks like for you, or what that in, kind of in, in incorporates as well. Well, the first book it's called Change Starts Within You because. And I was so shocked that that title wasn't taken at that time. I was like, how could this title not be taken? Anyway, um, but for me, that was this realization that I kept thinking everything was outside. Like everything was a result of something happening outside of me. Even my emotions were a result of what was happening, happening outside. My, those feeling sensations was something triggered from something outside, I would get something like a promotion or, you know, something would happen to me. So it was all, and I think a lot of people go through this period in their life. And most people I would say actually don't ever, don't ever come out of that period of their life of thinking that it's happening to them. And so this book was the beginning of understanding, not in, not from a cognitive perspective, because I had heard these things, I had, you know, studied a lot of them, but from an experiential knowing of, whoa, no, this is originating within me. You know, one of the things that lately has really been hammering away at me is like everything you're running away from and everything you're running toward is within you. Hmm. And so this first book was like, whoa, just the magnitude of understanding that this is within me and the journey that I went on. And at that time, it was, it was very much a linear journey. It was very much a, I would say almost like a step by step, you know, here's what I did, here's the things. And I think for someone who's fully entrenched in that, it's a great starting point, because it's kind of like, okay, if you're in a similar position, you know, I start that book, you know, or I'm sitting on a corporate jet, I'm sipping the espresso, uh, my, my blackberries lot, like it, blackberries, we had blackberries uh, back, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. back in the day. Um, and, you know, just all the things, but I was so miserable. And so it's, it's, so I started there to say, like, hey, you can have all these things, you know, maybe you maybe you even aspire to that, or maybe you're there, but you might still feel this sense of purposelessness, or just not even knowing kind of what your vision is, what, what's yours, uniquely yours is an expression. So, that was that first one. And then 
six years later, I guess it's now since that one came out, this book was just like at the beginning, they were like, okay, this book is coming, it's coming through. And it was scary for me actually to tell a lot of the stories in that book, because they're very nonlinear. And the understandings and the awareness that I came to and have now are just so for a lot of people, I think they'll even read the introduction, like we were saying before we hopped on the, you know, live is like, wait, how is this possible? Or, you know, where, and, and so I'm telling that how it was possible for me to, to be in those states of consciousness and to be moving more and more toward those, those states of consciousness, which I think is actually closer to, to what we truly are. And, you know, to go back to your first question, I guess that's really the, what I've always been seeking, like, what is the truth of what we are? And I think ultimately, that might be what we're all seeking, you know, to really understand that. Yeah, how how would you even begin to describe the that sense of becoming who we truly are? It's so funny because you know you search for something that's right there. It's like Dorothy with the slippers. It's like you, it's right there, and it's it's so funny because those moments where, for me anyway, what's happened is it's been this sort of really intense search. And then a kind of almost giving up. And I get really silly in the giving up part. And I do this with a lot of things. It's really funny. Like I'll go places because my instinct will tell me to go places. And then I'll have these conversations with the divine. I'll be like, why am I here? You know? And then, and so I'll get like goofy, like even sometimes angry, like what am I doing here? Or why am I writing this? Or what is this about? You know? And I, so yeah. even when I was writing the, this, uh, nonfiction, I had a fiction book coming through and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I couldn't actually finish the the writing of this book without letting the nonfiction stuff come through. But I had, or sorry, the fiction stuff come through. But I've had so many moments like that where I just the minute I relax and I get a little, even I would say goofy about it, then boom, you know, it's sort of like, it's, it's just right here, but it's that it's actually the searching is a, it's kind of a paradox. Cause I, I do think you need to, you, there's an intention and there's a, I think efforting has its place. You know, most people will say, Oh, you know, you just, you don't have to ever, I think it has its place, but it's actually at the moment that you kind of just relax into, you are all of, all of it and you relax around that effort that these things can come in and these this awareness can come in of what we are more and more like for me right now an example i can share with you actually go ahead go ahead but i'll i'll share an example no no no, please please go with the example okay so like for for example this these books they've been very much an effort an efforting process like i sit at the computer and i spend hours and hours sort of wordsmithing things and trying to get it in a certain, not the entire book, luckily, but for the second one, but there was a lot of efforting involved. And now it's really curious because what's happening with my writing, because I've spent so, I've spent so many years writing also for other publications and things. Now what's happening is I just ask this, I ask the question and I relax and I get these just like beautiful, perfect answers. And I'm actually just kind of most of the time dictating my phone, whether it's for a client summary or a press release or whatever that is. It's like, I'm just getting it. And But I think the efforting had its place until I just said, okay, well now it's time to relax, you know, around this, if that, if that makes sense. But no, no, no. It, it, trust me. Um, you're, you speak my language. So when you say, if that makes sense, uh, I, I fully, <laughs> I fully, uh, I, from my perspective, I feel what you're saying. Like, so it almost seems like the efforting then is almost like a, a sharpening of a tool, but it's also part of the process to effort your way to the point that the efforting doesn't also give the answer. Right. Right. Y- you know, I think you mentioned something along the lines of like, um, yeah, an exasperated or humorous release. And that to me captures it really well because yeah. <laughs> there's, it's part almost like desperation and simultane- simultaneous, like like almost like a jovial observation at the ludicrous sense of I tried to effort it all the way, expecting that that would be the whole thing. Right, right. And yet there's mastery in that. So one of, I, I don't remember where I read this, but I think it's some sort of martial arts 
philo- not philosophy, but it's from some sort of philosophical something. And it was saying how this guy just kicked a thousand times. And maybe you know where this is from and you could actually provide an accurate quote or we can in the notes, but guy yeah, kicks yeah. a thousand times. And on the thousand kick, he asks the master, he says, well, you know, when am I going to get to move on to the next move? Because it was, you know, he just kept the same kick. And and the martial arts master said, grasshopper, that was the next move, you know? And, and I, it's when we actually say, whoa, every single time it is new. And I can really just, I think it's an exploration of, of just this simple thing, you know, picking up this pen or talking to you and just being open to what, I don't know what's going to happen here, but everything that brought us here is, is also just the, it's such a huge, there's so much behind what it is that you're sharing. You know, there's so much built behind that, that no one will ever see, but it's getting to this point where you can be as real as you are. You can share the things in the way that you uniquely are able to share, but that took, I'm sure, and maybe less in your case, but a lot of like showing up and then, yeah, I, I have that with so many different things that at this point I'm kind of like, that's sort of the way it's working for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, but, but I even think that's a, an interesting point. Uh, the idea of almost realizing how much effort it takes to, to, to perform. And I don't mean in a hitting goals perspective, but even just in maintaining a persona in fitting in or trying to, trying to be a certain way, maybe to get validation or whatever it is. And just to get to a point where that actually exhausts us, where we almost have no choice but to be ourselves. Oh, gosh, I love that. Yes, yes. And that's a huge part of what I talk about in the book, because I talk about the use of the word person, right? And we say person comes from persona. It's the mask. It's the masks they wore in Greek theater. Mm. And it's like, especially if you have a really beautiful, well-defined mask that you've been walking around with and you call your, you know, all the things it's, it's hard to really drop that, but you do get to that point of exhaustion and you get to this point. It's so beautiful. At least it's been really, really beautiful for me where I want nothing more than to drop it. So I will go into these circumstances where before I would effort so much to keep the persona really you know, showing up in these ways, right? And it was very much a performance. And I, I remember the first times, and they just get greater and greater every time, where I put the person in service to this, this force source energy, right? And, and the results were nothing short of miraculous. It was kind of like, whoa, this was all I had to do. I actually, but the person served its place. Like people are always talking about, the ego being a bad thing. I'm like, dude, I love my ego. You know, I love it. Like, I love it. But I also realize I'm not the ego. You know, the ego is what I present so that people can hear my truth. So you can hear it through this form, this ego, this persona that I've created, or that this form is showing in any particular moment, which for me, actually now is changing all the time, which is another curiosity we might explore. But But for example, I was recently, just to give a really concrete example of this, I was at an an entrepreneurial event for a thousand women in Bogota earlier this year. And I was backstage and the the woman who I love to death, Tatiana Arias, who was introducing me on stage, she was saying all these really marvelous things about me, kind of like listing off all the CV stuff. And I was backstage purposefully not listening because I was like, I don't want I don't want any of that to kind of influence what this is, you know, what this in service to this person or persona in service to this force source energy. And I have never had such a really truly like I, I, I don't have words for it because I took that stage and I was on that stage for, I think, three and a half hours after. So there was a keynote, but then there was a Q&A with you know, women just couldn't, it would, like nobody could stop. I couldn't, you know, we, I kept saying though, you know, are you sure you still want me? They're like, yes, we still want. But it hadn't, at that point, it was this person just blended in this character, blended in so perfectly with what is truth, you know, through the, what, what is truth for this f- form or however the formless wants to express through this form, if that makes sense. So 
so and I wish more people will find that and discover it because it's not the ego or the character that's the enemy and you don't really have to shed it. In fact, having it is what's going to allow a lot of people to hear the message that you have to deliver. And anyone who's listening to this and who's listened to this this thus far is someone who has an important message to, to share. Otherwise, they wouldn't be connecting with your work in just as you have a very important message that you're sharing with the world. And so in order to do that, we do have to stay embodied. And yet that embodiment is in service. And again, I'm hesitant to use certain words because, you know, you hear this all the time, like service mindset and all this stuff. But it's, it's again, it's not up here. It's literally like this, whoa, like something else is taking over almost the person. But the person is still very alive and active. In fact, it's something so curious. I don't think a lot of people consider this. But if you look at any, you know, when you were talking earlier about um, some of the yogi ma- yogic masters and you would think they would be like non-entities. You would think that they, their consciousness would be at a point where they just almost like there's no character, there's no pers- personality, but actually they have very, very defined and almost, you know, like sometimes very harsh, very wild personalities because that's what's needed for people to experience this formless you know, it's like if you were in that state all the time, but anyway, I could go on and on about this and we're getting, maybe I'm getting a little too esoterical, but yeah. No, uh, uh, that, that doesn't really <laughs> exist for me. Um, but, <laughs> but this sense then of, it's like the, it's like on one hand, you're almost making yourself an empty vessel for an energy to come through you, but you are still the vessel which has its own particular note or plays its own particular note or it writes in a particular style. Um, so it's like this merger between the the personality or the, the vessel and then this timeless thing, this this other energy to come through. And it's almost this, this the symphony that they both play together is what creates something really special. Oh, gosh, I love it. I love it. I think that's absolutely perfect the way you're describing it. And I often talk about music because I sort of play music. I'm an amateur musician, but it's the harmony we're after in the acceptance. Harmony, yeah, sorry, like, symphony. That's I like that harmony better than symphony. Well, yeah, symphony was amazing because actually when you said it, I was thinking exactly, you know, there's all of these. And some of those notes need to be at different pitches, different paces. You know, we all, but if if someone is not, playing their note, you will hear it immediately in a symphony, you know, you will hear it, you know, and so it's wild, because I think a lot of people in their attempts to if we go back to the beginning of this conversation, in the attempts to fit into a prescribed narrative or idea of what it is that they're supposed to be or how they're supposed to live and what they're supposed to do, they will, they will be off key, they will be, um, you know, Hi, we've got dogs barking now. I'm like, I'm wondering if we're going to have another guest appearance, you know, here. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see. It's so exciting. Um, but you know, it, that's the thing, and so that's what's so sometimes jarring because we see someone trying so hard to sort of fit, and I think even we ourselves can fall into that trap whenever we're not really listening. And ultimately, what I'm talking about and kind of all my work is just like listen, you know, just deep listening, just like know thyself, right? And yeah. really connect with it so much to a point where it becomes the ultimate master. It becomes the most important partnership because it really does go then and define everything else in ways that will astonish you, you know, will just astonish you. I love the the expression that you had of that in terms of going out on stage in this, I don't know, this vibration or this mode, whatever it is. And then I think when somebody is engaged with that or connected with that i'm not surprised then the event just goes on (laughs) almost forever because in that space it is almost like a if the experience that you're alluding to there is something that i've had similar um contact with it's almost like that there's a timeless nature to it and there's a it's almost like an energy source that replenishes itself or the people that are in the environment the energy is just flowing it's really it's a really peculiar thing 
Yeah. And and it's, I like, even the next day I was just weeping because there was just so much light still coursing through my being. And I even recorded a message to one of my closest friends. I was like, I, I couldn't contain it because it was like, I can't believe what we are. Right. And even when I was on stage, as you said, it's like something else takes over because well, first of all, I wore heels the entire time, which is like crazy. I never wear heels. And I was like, how did this, how this could only happen if this, you know, like something else was taking over. Cause normally I would just kick them off or whatever, but I wore them the whole time. But joking aside, when it went into Q and A, so I, I my Spanish is fairly good. I, I, you know, I speak a few languages. My Spanish is, it's pretty good, but it's not like where so many people from different parts of South America or Spain could be talking like, there will be certain things I miss. There'll be certain words or th- or expressions or, you know, maybe I might have them repeat themselves or whatever. But what was happening up there was really wild because it was like my, I instantaneously understood everything, but not from a perspective of language. However, I was using language and they were using language, but I, it was another, it was a deeper, a, a clearer, a, like a perfect understanding of everything. So the minute, you know, they would stop the question, the streaming of the answers that came through and it, the clarity of the responses was so, again, to use the word astonishing, because there's really no other, I mean, just, but in the moment, it didn't blow me away because in the moment it was just the most natural thing ever. <laughs> but afterwards and considering it and talking to you about it now, it's like, Oh, that was this force source energy that I'm always on about. You know, I call it, I call it by many names, mostly call it God actually, but I think it's important, you know, to clarify that I am talking about this force source energy. I'm talking about what beats your heart. I'm talking about what sends the electrical impulses down to your, your feet and your legs saying to take one step after another, right? What I'm talking about that force source energy that really we rely on for everything. And I, I talk about this a little bit in the book. It's like 99.9999 some odd percent of what's going on with you. You are in total faith, total faith, because you couldn't operate if you weren't. So you are just like trusting that all of this is going to happen. And yet then the vast majority of us take this little 0.00000 whatever 1% and we're like, oh no, I need to control that. I need a five-year plan. Oh, if she leaves me, if this happens, if that happens, like what goes through our really limited, you know, psyche around this is just mind boggling because I mean, in the truest, like truest, truest sense, because like, why, what is it that's going to allow us to extend that trust? And I talk a lot about that, like how you actually can apply that trust to the rest, because I think that's when people talk about confidence, that's what confidence is. You know, confidence comes from confidere, like with trust, right? So it's like this reliance, this trust in yourself, in life, in others, in this force source energy. Like, but instead we get in these like gnarly places where we think, you know, for whatever reason we can't. In terms then of, you know, you're you're talking about like, the, you know, the 99.99999% of things that we just take for granted, your heart will beat, uh, your cells will, <laughs> your billions of cells will replenish themselves. Uh, all of these things that are happening, I'm, I'm seeing it with my wife right now who's growing a baby and it's just, she's, you know, we talk about miraculous things, there's literally two hearts within the body of one human right now. <laughs> like, you know, there's some stuff that we don't even really contemplator is just we kind of yeah that's having a that's having a that's having a baby that's what it is and it's just like forgetting kind of this is this is wild so when you talk then about this trust and trusting all that will just happen where do you where do you start to then play with this in I, I don't want to categorize it as a directive sense, but I know you, you know, you use the expression even choosing where to put your attention. How do you start to, it almost feels like, how do you start to not tame this, but how do you start to become, how do you start to use this fuel or, or let this be a, an energy source, we'll say, for how you show up as your fullest expression then? Mm-hmm. How, how do you even kind of start to engage with this? Yeah, well, First, I think, we, you know, we have to understand more about the nature of just even thought itself. And again, I could go on and on and on about this, but just to put it in its simplest terms, like a thought is an electrical impulse. We don't even know where they originate from. So there's not a part of your brain that I can point to and say, ah, that's where the thought is. But how how are you holding on to it? Or 
can you actually start to let that go? And I think this is one of the biggest challenges for most people is that they can't, they hold on to, they grab onto the thought, whether it's a quote unquote good thought or a quote unquote bad thought, they're holding on to it and they won't let it through their consciousness. So they can't experience the miracles that you're talking about fully. So when you talk about, for example, life growing in the belly, like I, when my daughter was born, I remember just, I cried for, I think something like three hours straight. Cause I could not believe that we could live this miracle every day. Like every second I was like, how could, what's going on that people don't, they're not singing about this and shouting about this being this most miraculous thing. But again, this is where we can let all of that experience, we can live it as like this miracle, but we do have to start paying more attention to our attention. You know, that is a line from the book is like, we're not paying attention to our attention. So again, realizing this is just an electrical impulse, like you don't have to feel bad about the fact that this came through. It's there. It's in the psyche. Like just, just notice it and let it, you know, let it pass through. Now, there are various different ways to approach this because I also talk in the book about how to learn to think because most people actually don't really think, you know, and I mean that in a very respectful way. So I think there are two different phases to this. I think first is learning how to think, learning how to direct the thought, which is what you're talking about. But then there's something beyond directing the thought. And I talk about this as well, is like once you've sort of begun to master or at least have more mastery over directing your thought, then it's actually letting all that go too. So you no longer have to be like, oh, this is the thing I'm thinking and this is my mantra or whatever that is. And that's beautiful. Again, we talk about that efforting so that you get to a point where you no longer have to effort. And again, these are just various ways of looking at, I think, mastery of of your awareness and, and, and that. But I don't want to spend any more time on learning to think that is covered in the book. But this other piece of learning how to live every every impulse, every electrical impulse and physical impulse in a way that you're just fully living it. And this comes back to that conversation we were having earlier. So again, that's where can you let your attention? um, And this is very challenging. It's very challenging for me as well. Still often, very often, it's super challenging. Um, But can you let your attention uh, enjoy that moment and this moment and the next moment and just really kind of be in it. And even, you know, this interview, you know, this conversation that we're having is like, whoa, okay, well, we had all this commotion going around, you know, there's people coming in and out, like we could get totally sidetracked and that would be really easy. And I could get up and say, wait, everybody get out of here. You know, it's like, there's 30 people on this property right now, you know, or whatever. Or it can just be like, oh, that's funny. You know, the dog's back. Hey, hey, Crosby, what's going on? So this is, and that's part of learning how to let things through you so that you are, as you said, um, you described it as like an empty vessel, but it's really your center's are just really open to the experiences. And then you, and then what we start to see is that everything that we've, that we've created up into this point in terms of like the person or the character can service this like freedom, this, and here we come back to the freedom at the beginning. But anyway, that was like many, many answers to to that question. So hopefully it made sense, but um, yeah, it's a big question, but I think it's ultimately coming to that place where you learn how to, um, not even necessarily rest your time. It's, it's more of just like being aware and just enjoying it, enjoying it as much as possible. And so when you, when you think about then the, the sense of almost like, just, as you say, kind of just experiencing, it, it almost seems like that when we get on a, a self-improvement kind of track that we're looking to get somewhere, we're looking for some moment, um, like we're looking for something to make us happy. But almost like what you're describing here is just the the sheer existence or the experience of life is a thing that, in whatever way that 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 is experienced. Not a, like when I use it, the word like happy, I don't mean in this like this one very small part of an emotional range or how we might describe it, but that the the full expression of ourselves then almost doesn't have a predetermined sense of destination or expectation on it. It's just there's an acceptance or there's not a, a restriction of movement of, of of energy or or thought or or a fixation on something. And that's almost where the not the joy of existence is, but something along those lines. Yeah. And ultimately that might not be for everyone too. you know, I think it's important to note it, to note that that might not even, you know, be where 
what other people are interested in, in this experience that we're having in this form. Right. And it's important to honor that too, because I feel like, again, there are all these notes in the symphony and for, I think I can now say this definitely for both of us, right. It's like, this is, it's, it's, it's this, um, it's this quest almost for just this understanding and of, of, of who we are. And, and, and again, if that's not someone's quest and they're more interested in like, Oh, well, how do I, how do I make money doing what I love right now? Like, that's great too. That's fantastic. I actually write, I mean, there are like two full chapters dedicated <laughs> to that in the new book. Cause it's like, good, good, good. Go for that so that you can experience that fully, you know, if that's what you're looking to experience. And, and again, as you said, just, I think these were your words, just honoring that full spectrum of like, this is what my form is really into right now and, and uncovering that more and more. And as you go deeper and deeper into what it is that you are, I think, innately called toward or whatever, then more of this sort of revelation can happen if, yeah. if that's what you're meant for, you know? <laughs> and and this, is, this is what I love when somebody in these types of conversations brings that back into the, the room, if you know what I mean. It's that, you know, if even if it is just, Doing the the same um, the same corporate job you've been doing for a long time that could that could literally be your note like mm -hmm. it, as you say I th I think it's quite clear that we're both compelled to whether it's kind of whatever you could even define it as esoteric you could define it as a deep curiosity just um, a, a, a curiosity or an exploration around expression um, and you know I understand even from um, from reading some of your stuff, just the idea that there's you're intrigued with the science element of this too. It's not just all, um, you know, what someone could define as woo woo. Like it, but it that is literally the point. It your your exploration of this or expression of this isn't for everyone else. It, it this is yours, and that's it's. I think it's just getting people aware of that, the subtlety of whatever that expression will be when you can align with that. That's where I think there's. That's where I think the kind of the, the freedom is, and it, it's kind of a bit of a paradox almost because <laughs> it's it's almost like it, it's almost like it, there is a fixed expression of us, and you know, not a not a fixed in that it, does, it isn't always changing. But if we align with something that's almost in existence already, or that it's being continuously shaped, there, there's so many paradoxes kind of wrapped up in that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. The, it's hilarious. Actually, I think that I mean we could go. I, I always say God is just hilarious, but. But I also think what what I would say, what I would just add to it is, is you know, go for these things and be very mindful of like where things are prescriptive, you know, where someone's telling you, I, this is one of the things I love about listening to your show is it's not like do these five things. And I mean, I have a, I have a couple of TV interviews lined up this week and it's like, let's talk about these three, you know, like three bullet points and five, five steps to whatever. And I'm like, that's actually kind of the antithesis of my work. You know, it's kind of like the yeah, opposite yeah, yeah. of actually what I'm talking about. But I'll say that in the interviews because, um, because we run into this tendency of, like you said, and you know, when you were talking earlier about going to self development or self improvement as a way of like fixing something as a way of like, there's something off. But I think when instead and one of the things I say also in this book, or I say it all the time, like, I don't have your answers, but you do have your answers. So I think, that's any any kind of work that's reminding you of your truth or or again not to put it in just what is you'll feel it because you'll feel this thing that we call inspiration you know you'll feel like wow you walk away from that feeling more powerful than when you came in you won't feel like oh i have to do these five things and then i'm going to be okay if, if anyone in this, I think, field of self-development is doing their job properly, you walk away being stronger than, than when you came to that work because you walk away with a clearer perception of yourself. And that's that deep remembrance. And, and I think lots of times that is kind of what we're missing in a lot of the um, so-called instruction out there of, you know, the how-tos. How you know, I... I, I don't want to be too kind of prescriptive with the direction I take this, but sorry, not prescriptive, uh, deliberate, I guess, is the word I want to use. But 
I mentioned to you at the start when I started reading this book, there's like a few confronting things you drop at the, at the, the top of it as to what some of your experiences in life have been. Could you, could you even just elaborate even on, on some of the, on whatever comes to mind for you first, but even just some of the stranger experiences you have had while going along this path and, you know, from like very, by the sense of it, very goal orientated, achieving, hitting goals, having all the, the goal, collecting all the gold stars to where you are now, like w- what experiences have surprised you the most in, in this process or this experience of life that you're going through? My gosh, I have had, I have had really wild experiences that I was super hesitant to share. And actually, I think this is the first time in a live conversation that, that I am sharing, that I will share this, but it's in one of those experiences in the book. And the one I'm talking about in the book actually lasted for two days. So I was, and I had taken nothing. I had no plant medicine. I think plant medicine is great. And I think it's, it has enormous healing potential and it's, it's wonderful. But I, at that point in my journey, I hadn't explored anything uh, like that. So at that point in my journey, I had really just been uh, really heavily invested in understanding a lot of the science behind brainwave frequencies, behind alter so-called altered states of consciousness. Uh, I had been a student for a really long time of meditation. Again, I could go on and on about all these concepts. So I'm putting them in quotes. So just to kind of plug something for a future conversation we'll have together. But I came at this from a very efforting, you know, point of view, like we were talking about earlier. And I, I distinctly remember one of the first, well, I remember all of them very clearly. But the first time I started to realize the enormity of what we are. And I was actually standing in front of uh, the sea. And I was looking out there. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, consider your your vision elements, you know, as a human, I have still very many things that I want to do in this in this lifetime, there's so many things that I want to experience and enjoy and people I want to meet and all those kinds of things. Um, And so in my my mind, I was thinking, okay, I was I was sort of trying to figure out what is my vision right now? You know, where am I going? And I was freezing cold because it was below zero temperatures. My body was just, oh, and I'm not someone who does very well in the cold. Um, So I'm standing there and I'm feeling this cold and I'm trying to focus on that. But for whatever reason, and I don't know how this, all, all I can say is that I had been meditating a lot up until this point and I can say other things and I do say them in the book to explain, to sort of deconstruct this experience. But or, or the other one, but I'm standing in from the seat, and all that comes to me is, I am the dolphin. And again, like for someone who comes from this corporate background, who's <laughs> studying all the science, who's like whatever, and it's like I am the dolphin. And I swear to you, Mark, my skin started to feel like it was being enveloped in this, like in the skin of the dolphin. And I have no explanation for this. I have no, and so that was happening. And then it was, I am the. I am the sea, but I was, I was the undulation. Like I could feel the undulation. And then it was, I'm, I'm the homeless person I passed on the street this morning and I could feel him. I could feel him like as if my cells were his cells. And then it was just, and I was the bird, but I wasn't just the bird. I was the flying itself. I was all of it. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until all of a sudden it sort of collapsed. And I was like, I'm nothing. It was this sense of like this, pure, uh, I want to call it space or void or uh, like this place from which all creation springs, like anything is possible. And then all of a sudden it was, (laughs) I was just weeping. I had these just tears streaming down my face. And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, my human vision is so small. You know, like I want to meet Oprah. That's like so tiny. Like that, like I'm like, (laughs) whatever that already happened. Like I literally was like, you know, and, uh, And so that's an example of one of the experiences that honestly, like I said, I've never shared that in a, in a live conversation as the first time. And I didn't share that in the book, but that's one of these, these experiences that I've had of um, understanding the enormity of our consciousness and then trying to bring it into a sort of a snapshot has been really interesting. So like the book, I always feel like anything you write or anything you put out, even this conversation we're having, it's a snapshot of our consciousness in this precise moment. It's going to change for me and for you 10 minutes from now, we would have had an entirely different conversation. And next time we talk, we'll have an entirely different conversation. And so that's also one of the 
complexities of putting a book out there or any any creative thing is because you're like, but I'm changing so rapidly. Like my, I feel my consciousness changing so rapidly now that it's like we could have this conversation and then maybe that won't be represented or it will have been representative of where I was then. But that's the other thing of, of this to go tie this back into that theme of freedom that we were talking about at the very beginning is like, leave yourself free to explore all that. Like the fact that this corporate, you know, uh, you know, go getter, whatever is now being able to have these conversations, you know, this person is able to have these conversations, right? It's like, that is, I think that's the freedom that we're moving into that we have the potential of moving into is like, you truly are limitless. And you're right, there's a lot of things at the beginning of that book within the intro, I've already gotten so much like, but wait, but how, but how, but how? And I'm like, it, it's not how it's like, it, again, Dorothy with the slippers, like, it's that that's right there. So do you know, um, I had a I had a guest on the show, a guy called Robbie Stump, who, who said, uh, you know, when he when he dreams, he, uh, he flies, he flies very regularly, right. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not going to say Mark, if you turn the camera on me, and um, that you're suddenly going to see me take off from the third floor of my building, and, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna take flight. But I think there's something really interesting about not judging or reducing our phenomenological experience. Because when we try a bit like, you know, how one can even feel in a moment where we do feel limitless, you know, I'm, maybe you could have this experience where you have all these amazing experiences one night uh, that you're going to do this and you're going to start writing about this. or you're going to start exploring this theme. And then the next morning you wake up and whatever your consciousness is at that point, you're like, I can't do that. What am I talking about? You, you know, yeah. so, so I think there's something really interesting about just holding that curiosity open about um, that was my experience. And I think I can definitely relate to the idea of almost crying and laughing at the same time about something that I literally couldn't and can't possibly understand. Right. Like in the sense of that it will still pale into not to insignificance um, when I'm trying to recount it. Yeah. But there's there's something about it that the, the experience just was and just what a privilege it was even just to be able to have that experience for whatever the right you know the what into what into what what into it, what led to it like just what a i don't know i really love this idea we started off with the idea of you know you talking about freedom i don't like i think you've really captured potentially what freedom can be from your expression mm -hmm. just in that and that that experience you've shared as well mm, thank you well yeah, I love what you're bringing in about the flying because I have had dreams before where I'm like, I know how to do this. I've always known how to do it. And no, I, I, I definitely have gone into, you know, believing that I could do a lot of things. And, and exen exactly as you said, like, let's not discount that. Let's see how, how far we can take it. If we do it, you know, for whoever does want to take it <laughs> a little further, maybe after this conversation. Courtney, usually I do. I try to wrap up what we've discussed in the conversation. Sometimes... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I make no effort at all uh, to summarize it because uh, I've just kind of got a little bit like lost in the conversation myself. Or, but I really love this sense of you know starting this conversation off with uh, the idea of like freedom and and exploring that you know like trying to almost connect with a sense of truth and even the sense that you brought to it as well the truth is almost this felt experience or even your true self or even when you're looking at someone when they're really trying to be something and that it's something that they're not we feel that too like there's mm -hmm. some kind of sense of like you know even when you started off with this your first kind of experiments into stepping back from maybe a sense of it being a conditioned life or our thoughts being conditioned into believing that life is a certain way and then the stepping into this deep sense of embodiment and then not even having a resistance of your feelings but just a curiosity to to feel it all and almost within that non-resistance is almost where this freedom expands even further again which i think is a really beautiful and powerful idea and then also as well that this this giving ourselves permission to be ourselves or our authentic selves, it's not about like following what we've just talked about in this conversation. It's whatever feels true to you. And, you know, you kind of mentioned these moments as well where 
you go into situations where if it leaves you feeling more powerful than when you went into it, that's probably a pretty damn good guide as to this is you who you are at your authentic and your essence, almost at the level of essence. And then also as you kind of go through life, just this, you know, this real almost curiosity or wonderment as to what the hell this experience of life is and this dissolving of self. But then also you're mentioning as well, not not falling into the sense of like a rejection of ego and a rejection of of what you are like just this you still are who you are and it just let almost this this life this source this energy to to come through us so given as i do uh, like kind of finish these conversations sometimes with the, obviously all the time with the question of what is a good life for you but given all that you've said and things you've alluded to from your your book as well. And what what is a good life for you, Courtney? Well, first I have to say, you just summed that up beautifully. I have no idea how you did it. I think you have like a superpower. I'm wondering if you have a cape behind your back. Like that was amazing because we did go all over the map in that conversation. Um, I think we have this tendency, and this goes back to an earlier point that we were discussing to be like, it's good or it's bad. And that's one of the things that I would actually mindfully steer us away from like i think a a life where you feel you know fulfilled or you feel like this um you've you've really you've really lived like i think a lot of people are you know i what was it, it was Toro? I, I don't know if, who it was but the the lives of quiet desperation you know this like i Henry just have to Thoreau. grin and bear it and i have to live you know this way because this is the way and i I think when when you kind of break free of that and you allow actually all of it, like we've been talking about, and you just allow that experience and you can enjoy. And that seems funny because it's like, oh, you can't enjoy something bad that's happening. And maybe I'm not using the right word, but when you can fully live it and um, see its beauty, I, I want to say beauty because like, it's so beautiful. Like we said, those dark clouds, they're they're magnificent, you know, and, and for me, that's, for me, that's living fully. And that's where I, like, I often say, well, you know, I, I, well, well, I often say I've lived so many lifetimes in this life, but I also say that I'm ready to go. Like, I, I I'm not ready to go in the sense that I love it and I want to keep doing this, but um, I think just the fact that we live full out all the time, you know, just living fully, that's, for me anyway, that's, that's where it's at. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's beautifully captured. Look, Courtney, this has been a, a real joy speaking with you today. Uh, thank you so, so much for joining me on the What is a Good Life podcast today. And uh, I look forward to, to hopefully future conversations as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for bearing with all of the wildness, all of the freedom that's <laughs> around here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone listening.